0: welcome everyone to the nba podcast on rj bell's dream preview late wednesday or tuesday night i should say in the association here to get you guys ready for the wednesday night card in the association joining me here to help me break everything down happening on the hardwood it's my main man sleepy j sleepy what's going on my man how you doing this evening
1: i'm doing good finally hit a wager with my uh, kryptonite team the pelicans they went into new york tonight took care of business so I was really nervous because that team, um, as you know, you know they like to let me down, especially when they're playing teams they should be beating. But no, they went into New York to care of business. So having a pretty good Tuesday night thus far. I got one more wager on tap. Hopefully I can go ahead and cash that one and uh, you know, wake up Wednesday morning hitting the ground running.
0: Yeah, I'm sweating out uh, the Pistons right now myself. They're up by one uh, with about seven and some change left to go in the game. Catching 11 points, but can't ever trust uh, this Pistons team, especially with how they've been playing uh, this season. But um, yeah, our last pod, we broke even uh, Sleepy. We went one and one. I know uh, you didn't want to force a pick, didn't have a best bet. And again, know th- that's always sometimes a good thing because we want to give out winners as much as we can and we don't want to force the action. Um, I did give out a precious, a precious Achua over nine and a half rebounds as my best bet. Did get hooked on that. He did finish the game with nine rebounds, but another player prop best bet winner for us, Sleepy. We had Christops Porzingis of the Boston Celtics going up against his former team in the New York Knicks over 18 and a half points. And I think both you and I were a little bit nervous at the half where he only had seven points. Uh, and then in the second half, he turned it on. And I think we were a little bit fortunate on this one, Sleepy, because I was watching the game and I believe the Celtics were up by it was double digits for sure that they were up and it was about four minutes. left. I was like, well, Porzingis is probably not going to come back in this game. And lo and behold, Joe Mazzula puts him back in the game. He scores, I think five more points and gets us over our uh, player prop, uh, best bet winner there. So again, that's, what now three in a row that we've hit since the all-star break here. So, uh, I mean, our player prop best bets have been doing real well, Hillers, uh, real well here, sleepy.
1: One of the things that happen when you're betting sports and, and you and I, and everybody else out there knows it, you know, in order to, to win, sometimes you need luck and, you know, luck was on our side there with poor Zingas, yep. but you know, that's the name of the game. It's, you know, sit down before the game, handicap it and hope that, you know, your player just goes out there and takes care of business. But, you know, if you if you took all your your bad luck losers and, and good luck winners, you know, it would probably even out in the long run. But yeah, so we had a little bit fortunate on that one. But you know what? You have to be in a position in order to need a little bit of good luck, right? So I think we had the right handicap there. So yeah. No complaints from me on that one.
0: Yeah, we've been uh hooked a couple times this season and been on the losing end of it, but also been on the fortunate side of the hook as well. So feeling good about our player prop best bets here. So hopefully we can keep it continue rolling for the Wednesday night schedule in the association. A couple of points I did want to touch on here, sleepy before we do get into the Wednesday night betting card in the association. Um, some injury news here, Trey young is going to be missing about four weeks here for the Atlanta Hawks. He suffered a finger injury that did require surgery. So he will be sidelined for four weeks for the Atlanta Hawks. And despite the injury to Trey young, the Atlanta Hawks have won both games Without Trey Young, uh, since the injury, they did take care of business in their last game. Scored 109 points, held their opponent to 92 points, and then tonight uh, against the Utah Jazz, John Collins returning to Atlanta for the first time. Since a trade to Utah, uh, the Atlanta Hawks uh, take care of business in this game in convincing fashion. They get the victory uh, 124-97, a 27-point victory for the atlanta hawks but um now sleeping a lot of time we see injuries like this to a player at the caliber caliber of trey young sometimes it throws up red flags for this team or you want to fade that team going the rest of the way but i i kind of think it might be a good thing here for the atlanta hawks uh if with trey young being sidelined if i went in and dug in at the defensive metrics Without Trey Young on the floor for this Atlanta Hawks team, and they are about ten. They're allowing ten points less without Trey Young on the floor, and I don't think it's a coincidence that in their last two games that they have won without Trey Young, that they've held both of their opponents to under 100 points here. So um, I know I really did like the Atlanta Hawks early in the season on their win total over. Um, I'm I'm a little bit behind on that. We'll see what happens with this Atlanta Hawks team, but. Uh, they will be without Trey Young here for about four weeks. You're sleeping.
1: I worry. I think the positive thing here for the Hawks is that you know they're going to play like nine or 10 teams that they can beat without Trey Young on the floor. So I wouldn't rule out all hope for yourself, especially for your season win total. Mm-hmm. But that team, I mean, they can't lose games because they're the 10 seed right now in the East. You know, if they go on a little bit of a, cold to run here. I mean, he's going to be out. I kind of did some math. I figured 15, 16, 17 games, somewhere around that area. You know, if they're only like what, like three games above, I think the Nets, you know, they could easily just end up, you know, sliding and and the whole season falls apart, especially if, you know, your Brooklyn Nets go ahead and turn it up here a little bit. <laughs> it's one of those situations where maybe Atlanta's just like, you know what, all's lost. And uh, they kind of just throw in the towel, but we'll see. It's not an injury that you want to see, especially for four weeks with a team that's, you know, hanging on for dear life. My prediction is that the Hawks are going to end up falling out of the playoffs. I don't think they're going to make it. I think this injury is just too big. Uh, you can deal with Trey Young, you know, being out for, you know, a couple games or something like that, and it's not it's not uncommon for a team to go ahead and step up when their best players out of the lineup. I mean, it's like, you know, we got to – we got to circle the wagons. we got to get ready to go out there and play without our best player. And those teams generally respond. But after a while, we're seeing it right now with the 76ers, you just struggle because you don't have that offense. You don't have that guy to go out there and, you know, create those assists or rebounds or blocks or whatever it might be. You can't have your star player not on the floor for four weeks and think that you're just going to end up playing 500 basketball. It's, It's just it's extremely hard to do. Like I said, I think the schedule helps them, but I think after a couple more games here, we're going to see a slide from the Hawks. That's just how I feel.
0: Yeah, I mean, you just take a look at their schedule. Four other five next games are going to be on the road. uh, Two against, I guess they're now crowned my Brooklyn Nets, at least for the second half of the season. They go to Madison Square Garden to take on the Knicks, and then they come back home for the Cavs on a back-to-back situation, and then they travel uh, out to Memphis uh, again for another road game here so so some winnable games like you did mention in that stretch there I know the knicks have been struggling as well um and the nets i think went into memphis got a big victory but it got their doors blow, blown off on tuesday night in orlando uh, against the magic here so we'll see how this uh, atlanta hawks team does respond here i do feel like they have enough to compensate without Trey Young because guys like DeAndre Hunter and some of their young guys Jalen Johnson has been having an incredible year as well I don't think that's been talked about a lot and how great he's been um they got Clint Capella back I know they're still missing some front court depth with uh Yuki Kangwu, but I think DeJounte Murray can really lead these guys you know Bogdanovich has been shooting the ball well Sadiq Bey you have there so there's a lot of depth that I do like on this Hawks team but I think that if they're able to Maybe go on a little bit of a run here and, and take care of business against these lesser opponents. I, I think they'll, they're they're going to be okay, and we'll see. And again, if, like you mentioned, if you think and and that they're maybe out of the race at a point, then we may not even see Trey Young return for the rest of the season. There may not be a point for him to come back if if Atlanta does follow the playoff race. So, well, that's this is going to be a team that I certainly want to keep my eye on here. Uh, as we go forward uh, in the Atlanta Hawks, who are going to be with that, like I mentioned, Trey Young for at least uh, four more weeks. So be yeah, a team that we talked about a couple of weeks ago that were on the wrong end uh, of or on a the wrong end of a bad call, I should say, in the New York Knicks a few weeks ago against the Houston Rockets. Uh, they were on the fortunate side. I'm not sure if you caught this, but on uh, Monday night against the Detroit Pistons, in the final seconds of that game, there was a foul that was not called against the New York Knicks, which led the victory for them um against the Detroit Pistons. Uh Asura Thompson of the Detroit Pistons uh stole the basketball with about I think it was about seven to eight seconds left. Dante DiVincenzo goes diving for the loose ball, uh crashes into the lower uh body of Asura Thompson. No foul was called. Um Monty Williams was beside himself. After the fact that the foul was not called, and in his post game uh, interview, he came out and said this was one of the worst calls all season. And I mean, if you go back and watch the replay, the 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 referee is standing right there, and he just doesn't make the call against the New York Knicks. And again, it cost the Detroit Pistons a game. And I, I don't know we talked a lot about the Pistons haven't been; they've been one of the worst teams. I, I think we don't we can't sugarcoat that. But I think that that wins matters for a young team like. The Detroit pissing just for morale reasons but I think the bigger point here is it was another blown call by the officials that cost a team uh, um, a game and a win in the win column and lo and behold the last two minute report comes out and the referee uh, his name is slipping my mind right now but he came out and said that there should have been a loose ball foul called on Dante DiVincenzo. I'm not sure if you caught and saw the video clip of what transpired between the Pistons and Knicks, but Sleepy, another night where uh, the referees caused a a team another uh, a vi- another victory.
1: I saw the play. I actually thought there was a foul before the tackle. I don't know if you, if you saw it, like the guy at the free throw line, he, he grabbed the rebound. It looked like he got hacked, and then the ball got kicked out, and we saw what happened there. The Pistons got the steal there and ended up trying to go down the sideline. And then the guy got tackled. But, I mean, they probably could have called the foul before, you know, the, the big foul call that everybody was complaining about. I think it it really comes down to the referees. Like, do we just want to let these guys go out and, and, and play basketball and not, not be included in the outcome of the game? And that was one of those situations, I think, where the referees were, like, kind of put in a situation there where, they were like, you know what? We don't want to be. We don't want to just go ahead and call a foul here. Just let let's see what happens and play out. But they realized that by not making that call, that it kind of backfired on them. I actually thought that that was um, a good thing for the Pistons. Believe it or not, like when you can screw a bad team, a team that has a lot of fight left in them. I think you would agree. Like the Pistons are a team right now that I honestly I wouldn't want to fade them a whole hell of a lot because like we talked about in the last podcast, like that team has tanked enough games that they can go out there and play competitive basketball and kind of just put the second half of the season, you know, in front of them and, and go out there and make themselves look good, make the fan base feel pretty confident on, you know, what they have, you know, going into next year. So I, I thought that tonight the Pistons versus the Bulls, would have been a really good spot now maybe if it was like the pistons against you know the nuggets or you know maybe like the clippers or lakers or something like that like a good basketball team maybe stay away but one of those mid you know mid teams mediocre type teams you should have been on the pistons tonight and uh when we right before we did this podcast you told me you know that you were on the Pistons, so i was happy about that i think that was a a great play but you have to think about you know what happened with the pistons in the last game like they got screwed like they legitimately got screwed um, they should have made that call. I mean, yeah. they didn't. Um, you know, it's it, it's only going to help the NBA if the Knicks are in the playoffs. So maybe it was one of those uh, particular moments. Uh, but I don't want to say it was rigged. But it felt like just during that whole mad scramble. Because don't forget, like, the ball almost went out of bounds. And the guy saved it, threw it back in. Then I thought that first foul occurred. And then it was, you know, there was a steal going the other way. And it was it was just like a mad scramble. So, I mean we've seen that happen before where there's a, where there is no foul call but I saw two fouls there. That was my personal, you know, point of view with that. So I saw two foul calls they didn't call them they probably should have.
0: Yeah, I think that again it, it, the way the Pistons have responded here uh the next night uh against the Chicago team, I think that kind of speaks volumes of like you mentioned, right? This team has tanked enough. They've lost games and they could just come out and play competitive basketball and i think they responded in a big way against the chicago bulls team that i thought had no business being a 10 and a half 11 point favorite uh, even against the detroit pistons because like you mentioned the pistons have actually been playing some good basketball and actually covering games as of late And right now they are by 11 points with about two and some change left here in this game so we'll keep an eye on the detroit pistons uh, as we do go forward um Anything else that's kind of caught your eye, at least over the last uh, week or so, uh, Sleepy, that you want to get off your chest before we get into the Wednesday night card?
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore
1: I think the only thing I wanted to discuss and just kind of get your thoughts was the brawl the other night with uh, with Zion Williamson and the Pelicans. I was curious, you know, how you thought the NBA handled that because a couple of players got suspended from that, uh, from that ordeal. I think Alvarado mm. for the Pelicans got suspended for leaving the bench. So me personally, I think that's a good thing. Like they, they put these rules in place to keep not only the players as safe as possible, but you know, to keep keep players from, from moving off the bench and going into the crowd like we saw at the mouse and the palace. So I feel that, you know, some of the, uh, you know, some of the calls with some of the players are a little bit too strict. But, you know, when you have a situation like we saw the other night, I felt like the punishment was justified for all parties involved. So I don't know how you felt about it, but uh, that's kind of just the way that I feel. I think that was the only real other newsworthy thing that i saw kind of come down the last couple of days
0: yeah i think the league did a, has done a fantastic job of fining and suspending or sorry i should say suspending players who come off of the bench uh if a scrum of uh, a scrum or a brawl does break out and again like it's it's because of what transpired like you mentioned uh with the malice in the palace between the pacers and the pistons you know so many years ago um again, I think everything was warranted. You know, Jimmy Butler got suspended for a game. Uh, Jose Alvarado coming off of the bench. He actually threw some punches with, I believe it was Thomas Bryant. Um, And so both of those guys got suspended. Um, I don't know. Maybe Jimmy Butler's suspension wasn't warranted, but it was only for one game. And again, it was in a game that they really didn't need. And they've already been used to not having Jimmy Butler on the floor. They went out against uh, Sacramento Kings and took care of business without Jimmy Butler um but yeah i mean i didn't have any issues with it right now i thought it was a good hard foul by kevin love i know a lot of people were comparing it to what he did against uh or he did to Giannis uh last year in the playoffs that you know led an in injury to Giannis, but i thought it was a good hard foul and i i, d- I just don't understand why the pelicans were so upset about the uh, a foul that was you know I, it was a good hard foul i don't think there was anything uh any malintent i should say by uh kevin love and maybe there's been some history with kevin love uh, in that situation but as far as the penalties and everything that kind of transpired you know after in the aftermath by the league I, I think they handled it very well and i think i really do like the rule of that if you do come off of the bench in a fight and in a scrum that does break out you will be automatically suspended and again now with so many cameras and, and things like that i think that's very easy to identify for the league as well and i'm not sure if you caught the video uh of the uh of the perspective from the fans uh point of view there's a video that was circulating as well on twitter of the fan that took a video of the skirmish that broke out and you can see thomas bryan and jose alvarado going out and i think one of my friends also mentioned to me that a drink was thrown by a fan um in that skirmish as well so again it could have gotten to something worse but i think you know the security and coaches did a good job of breaking it up and again to answer your question i think the league uh, usually does a great job of of handling fines and suspensions and, and rules to you know Prevent something like from the malice and the pals happening again.
1: I think one of the things that that we kind of lose sight of is the fact that you know when there is a fight like that, right? Like it's usually on the court. If it's not under the basket, then it's usually on the court, and the fans sit directly behind those benches. So yeah. you know if there's a scuffle going on three feet in front of you, you're gonna feel like you're in the middle of that, and I think that that's when the fans try to interject because you know, players are leaving the bench and they're going over and it's just like it, it turns into you know, it just turns into a, into, into a crappy situation. So like you said, I'm, I agree with you hundred percent. I think the NBA handled it correctly. So, um, we'll see. I'm sure there'll be a fight this week, but it'll be interesting.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. I feel like there's been a little bit more fights happening, uh, in the NBA or I guess skirmishes happening in the NBA, uh, since the NFL, <laughs> uh, wrapped up. I don't know. Maybe that's a draw eyes. Uh, to the nba uh, or not but again yeah i feel like there's been a little bit more fights happening uh this season in the association so let's turn the page here uh to the wednesday night card in the nba and a couple of uh great matchups we have in the west conference in particular here and we'll start here with the sacramento kings they are headed to the mile high city to take on the denver nuggets and uh, currently as it stands the denver nuggets are a seven and a half point home favorite here with a total of 229 and a half take a look at the injury report i'll start here with the sacramento kings De'Aaron fox is officially listed as questionable on the injury report he is dealing with a left knee contusion and for the denver nuggets pretty clean injury report nobody of significance is on their uh, injury report um this is going to be the fourth matchup between these two squads uh the kings have actually uh covered all three matchups this season against the denver nuggets and they've actually won uh two out of the three matchups thus far uh this season i'm sorry i'm mistaken so they're three and no straight up are the kings and three and oh against the spread um and now they will meet in uh denver denver looking for some revenge here i uh, don't want to get uh swept in the season series here by the sacramento kings here but so you're gonna start with the side or total here minus seven and a half in favor of the denver nuggets what are you thinking
1: i kind of want to go ahead and play the kings here but denver is just like a team that- that I just have trouble fading. I, I could never find myself on the right side with this team. I would probably play the Kings being this, this lines over seven and a half. You know, if the Kings come in here healthy, I think that coming off of a loss to Miami at home, you know, that they can be a little bit motivating. I think the Nuggets, you know, where they have two two back-to-back road games coming off of a bunch of wins there in a row. So maybe they deflate a little bit. I don't know. It's a tough game. I I would play the line more than I would even, you know, play the teams. And that's one of the things that the wise guys, you know, do at times is we we just won't look at the teams and be like seven and a half. Okay, cool. Seven's a key number in the NBA. Give me the seven and a half points and kind of just throw everything out. So that's what I would do for this particular game. And then another reason is it's just the nuggets. And I just can't seem to ever get that team right. If I'm on them or against them, I just seem to get burned. But I would probably just play the seven and a half and hope that the Kings can come out and uh you know go ahead and deliver at least a pretty good pretty good game.
0: Yeah, Denver of the season at home, they are twenty two and five straight up. They're thirteen, thirteen and one against the spread. So you know, there's there's teams that just kind of sometimes have your number and maybe, you know, the Kings have found something to exploit uh, against the um Denver Nuggets. I know Jamal Murray in particular hasn't been very good against the uh Sacramento Kings either. So I think it's a good spot here for the Sacramento Kings after coming off of the loss against the Miami Heat the uh, on Monday night going into Denver. I think they can uh, keep this within the number. So I'll, I would look at the plus 7.5 in favor of the uh, Sacramento Kings here going up against the Denver Nuggets. Um, you have anything else that stands out to you about this game?
1: No, I'll probably dig into some player props probably early tomorrow morning, but as of right now, like I said, it would just be the Kings plus 7.5, and, and that would probably be about it for now.
2: All
0: right, and the late matchup on, uh, sorry, Wednesday night here, it's going to be the Battle of L.A. We have the L.A. Lakers, who are going to be the road team in this matchup between the Lakers and the Clippers. Currently, the Clippers are a three-point home favorite with a total of 236.5. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams here. For the uh, Lakers, Usual suspects on the injury report, both LeBron and AD AD is actually probable for this game. And LeBron is officially listed as questionable. Cam Reddish has been upgraded to probable. He's been missing the past several weeks with a right ankle sprain. Jared Vanderbilt Gabe Vincent and Christian Wood continue to be out for the Lakers and for the LA Clippers. The big name that is going to be out for this game will be Paul George. He is sitting with a left knee soreness. Um, Sleepy. historically, the Clippers have owned this series between these two teams, but the Lakers have responded this season in the matchup uh, against their, I guess, crosstown rival, if you want to call it that, in the Clippers here. But uh, this season, the Lakers are 2-1 straight up, 2-1 against the spread, and the over has cashed in two out of the three matchups this season. So this will be the fourth and final matchup between these two teams this season. Clippers sitting as a three-point favorite here. Sleepy, what are you thinking about this uh, game?
1: I kind of like the Lakers, believe it or not. I'm not exactly impressed with what the Clippers have done their last three games. They lost against Oklahoma city. They lost against Sacramento and they narrowly pulled out a six point win against Memphis, who's absolutely terrible. I actually think that the Paul George injury, it's, it's starting to show up. Like it, it look, it could affect you on the first game because he's, he's a key, a key player in this offense. So I kind of think, you know, going up against the Lakers here, I like the fact that the Lakers don't have to, you know, go on a road trip here. I mean, this is kind of like a home game for them too. My gut feeling says that the Lakers will end up playing pretty tough in this game. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers won. Maybe they got a couple of calls to go their way as well. I mean, the Clippers are, I mean, they're well ahead in the Pacific division and the Lakers are are dead last. So you know, the last thing the NBA wants is the Lakers going on some kind of slide or something like that. So, my gut feeling just says if you if you're playing the Clippers here, you know get ready for a sweat. And I think if you play the Lakers here, you know you're not going to have to sweat too much to, to kind of have them in the game the entire game. So I'll take LeBron AD against the Clippers without Paul George. That's kind of the way I'm looking at it right now.
0: Yeah, I think again I know a lot of talk is um, in the second half of the season about you know seating and all. Does all of that matter? But I think for the Lakers they they need to pick up wins and they're right now like you mentioned sitting in that 10th spot right now in that play-in tournament bracket right there tied with the golden state warriors um as far as you know games behind the lakers do have one uh more win than the warriors right now and one more loss as well so they've played what uh two more games then than the la uh, sorry than the warriors here but i i mean let's not kid ourselves i think we're gonna see more lakers fans (laughs) in the stands. Then Clippers here. So again, like you mentioned, quote unquote, a road game uh, for the Lakers. But I think I like the Lakers in a spot here as well. I know I I do expect LeBron to be out there. I know we did mention or I did mention that they are missing a couple of their uh, depth pieces. But um, you mentioned it. I don't like what I've seen from this Clippers team. Uh, coming out of the all-star break and even going into the all-star break where they were kind of it seemed like they were you know running uh out of fumes a little bit or running on fumes i should say and they came out of that second half um out of the all-star break i should say and they, they've been struggling a little bit i know they went into memphis and they only got a six point victory there um so i think this is a good spot here for the lakers um to to get another victory here um the schedule does get a little bit tough for the Lakers. So I think you got, you got to take a look at their schedule and say, Hey, you know, we got to start winning some games here. If we do want to, in fact, make the playoffs um, or stay within this play in tournament bracket, because again, you take a look at their schedule. They have the Clippers um, on Wednesday night and they have a back-to-back game. They'll go to Washington. That's a winnable game for them. I'm sorry. They have a homestand that I should say, I'm sorry. So they have the wizards at home, the Denver nuggets, the oklahoma city thunder the sacramento kings and the in the milwaukee bucks so i mean those are some tough opponents there outside of the wizards right the nuggets the thunder the kings and the bucks are, are, are all have been uh really good thus far this season so i think there's a spot here for the lakers where you do want to come out and play good basketball and i think that will be led by lebron and ad um my best bet is actually in this game here sleepy so I like the over in this game at 236 and a half, despite not having um, Paul George in the lineup here for the L.A. Clippers. And you take a look in the second half of the season, and or actually over the last five games, even going back prior to the All-Star break, that both of these defense have been absolutely struggling um, on the defensive side. Fourth worst defensive rated team over the last five games, the L.A. Clippers, the fifth worst team the LA Lakers. And you take a look, uh, offensively, the Lakers are number three in offensive efficiency over the last three, uh, sorry, over the last five games, the Clippers have taken a, a little step back on the offensive side. But again, we know with the depth that this team has led by Kawhi Leonard, um, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, these, these guys, the Lake, the Clippers have guys that can fill up the basket. So, I do like the over in this game. And like I mentioned earlier, that if, oh, sorry, in the matchup between these two teams, the over has cashed in two out of the three games. And if you take a look at the box scores, Sleepy, that if we do like the Lakers like we do, typically they are putting up points in the games that they have won. So the two games that the Lakers did win against the Clippers, 130 to 125 was the final score. The one game that the Clippers did win was 106-103. And then the game back on January 23rd where the Lakers um, and the Clippers played again, that game uh, uh, had a total of 243 points. Um, So I I do like the over in this game. I think that we'll see the offense um, by both teams at, at a high level. And the Lakers are one of those teams that do like to play with a fast pace. So I think that the Clippers may be forced into playing at a faster pace here with the with the Lakers here. So currently as it stands over on DraftKings, the number is sitting at 236 and a half. I will take that as my best bet in this uh, in this game for the Wednesday night card over 236 and a half points between the Lakers and the Clippers. So there'll be a lot of great things happening over on pregame.com spring training has started for MLB. We are ever so closer to uh, March Madness and obviously with the NBA going on, NHL. A lot of hot handicappers right now. They're putting in the time, even though with NFL over. But let our listeners know, what can they take advantage of right now on pregame.com?
1: Well, since we just talked about a bunch of teams in the West, why don't we go ahead and give out a code? Let's do WEST20. So we'll use that on pregame.com enter code West20. That'll save you guys 20% off anything there at pregame.com. What like you were just talking about with baseball. Um, I know a lot of people that that personally love the bet baseball. You know what my favorite thing about baseball monof is actually sitting and watching the game because it's just it's this relaxing type of sport where I can I have a bunch of screens at my in my office at my desk. And I could put the baseball game on and I don't have to be fully locked into every single thing that goes on. There's enough break between pitches and the innings and stuff like that where I can go and I could actually do, you know, a bunch of other work and I could actually enjoy a game and work at the same time. It's kind of hard when you're, you know, you're watching the NFL or watching the NBA. That's one of the great things about, you know, Major League Baseball. That's one of my favorite things, at least, you know, for for, for baseball. Uh I could tell you this right now, at pregame, uh Steve Fezik – Famous NFL handicapper. Uh, also, you know, he he gets some of the best information when it comes to MLB. And his season last year was was really, really good. I think he was up, I'm off the top of my head, like 30, 35, 40 units or something like that. He had a really good baseball season last year. And that's not uncommon from Fez because he gets the best information in the business. So you know, I think his baseball package is probably up right now. If you guys are looking to save 20% on that, just like I said, simply enter code West20. And like Manoff was talking about, you know, we got second half of basketball. We also have college basketball, March Madness kicking off. So if there's anything over there, pregame.com, that'll go ahead and get you guys all the way through the NBA finals. Again, West 20, save 20% off there at pregame.com.
0: So when you say you have multiple screens there in your office, they're sleepy. So from the months of April to about October, you don't have a whole bunch of peanut shells just
1: hanging around in your office there, do you? I do not. I do not. No sunflower seeds, no peanut shells, no.
0: There you go. Make sure you guys get over to pregame.com and take advantage of uh, everything happening there with that coupon code that Sleepy just mentioned. Sleepy, let's get over to your best bet for the Wednesday night card here in the association. What do you got for our listeners?
1: Honest to God, I thought you were gonna take this pick and this was gonna be your best bet. So my best bet is going to be the Indiana Pacers. So I'm fading the team that just brought me a bunch of money tonight. Uh, In the New Orleans Pelicans, look, I think the Pelicans are in a bad spot here. So they're on a back-to-back. Zion went full tilt. Ingram went full tilt. And CJ McCollum's out with an ankle issue. Now, I do think that there's a chance that McCollum probably plays in this game. But it's kind of a weird situation because the Pelicans and the Pacers are going to end up playing back-to-back games. So not in the sense of a back-to-back. There's going to be a day break, and then they go back to New Orleans, and the Pacers fall down there. But this is a standalone game for Indiana, so they're they're going to be well-rested. I think the Pelicans come into this game on the back-to-back thinking if things don't necessarily go our way or maybe we get a little bit behind, you know what, we'll get these guys back at our building in another day. So I kind of think that that creeps into the minds of players from time to time with the way the NBA sets up these particular schedules. And I think this is a good time to go ahead and probably fade the Pelicans because I think that this is a team that, yeah, they went out and they beat up a team like the Knicks tonight. That's fine. But the Pacers are not the Knicks and they're going to have a much different lineup, a much better lineup. I could just see the Pelicans falling flat in their face. I think there is a a legit shot. You know, they can get blown out, especially if McCollum don't play. So I really, really like the Pacers here at home. And look, maybe the Pelicans get revenge in their building when when the Pacers come down there to visit them. But not for this game. I think the Pacers take care of business handily over New Orleans. So my best bet going to be the Pacers minus the four and a half here against the Pelicans.
0: I like what you mentioned there that, again, that the Pelicans are going to be in this back-to-back situation And now you have to go play against Indiana, who we've talked about a lot on the podcast that they just love getting up and down the floor and they can run you literally out of the gym. Um, So I think that might be the approach here for the Indiana Pacers. And don't look now, Sleepy, but they've actually been playing some pretty good defense compared to what they were doing early in the season here. So, again, we talked about this team in the second half of the uh, preview Um, when we did that podcast that this might be a team that could climb up the standings in the Eastern Conference just because some of these other teams that were dealing with injuries and things like that. Now with the healthy Tyrese Halliburton, I I think there's a good spot here for the Indiana Pacers, um, you know, going up against the Pelicans who, like you mentioned, are not only in a back-to-back situation, but also dealing with some injuries themselves and had to exert, I know, I think some energy against the New York Knicks. And I think there was... um, A point in this game against the Knicks on Tuesday night where Brandon Ingram had left, he had came back, I think it was like an ankle issue, but he was able to return uh, for them. So again, we might see maybe Zion sit in this game, maybe Brandon Ingram even sit, and like you mentioned, CJ McCollum sitting with that injury as well. So uh, I do like this pick here with the Pacers hosting the uh, New Orleans Pelicans on Wednesday night. So maybe one more order of business here before we wrap up this episode. That is going to be our player prop best bet uh, for the Wednesday night card. We're 3-0 coming out of the gate uh, post All-Star break here. So hopefully we can continue the winning ways here. And we'll go over to that game between the LA Lakers and the Clippers that we did mention. And did mention a key injury for the Clippers here. Paul George will be missing this game with uh, left knee soreness uh for the clippers and i'm actually gonna look here and actually we are gonna look here uh to kawaii leonard to go over his points prop here of 24 and a half currently over on DraftKings at minus 125 and honestly sleepy i thought this number would be a little bit higher uh for kawaii leonard going up against the uh lakers in this game and i went i went back and looked at the history that Kawhi Leonard has had against this Lakers team and um, much to my surprise he's actually gone over this number of 24 and a half points in 10 of the last 14 head-to-head matchups against the LA Lakers and you know when I mentioned this to you you mentioned a great point that he's going to be getting the shot volume um, even more without Paul George in the lineup here and Like I mentioned, he's gone over 24 and a half points in 10 of the last 14 games against Lakers and in recent history for the last five games as well against the Lakers. And this season alone, when Paul George is not in the lineup for the L.A. Clippers, Kawhi Leonard has scored at least 27 points in three out of the four matchups um, without Paul George in the uh, lineup, like I mentioned, with the Clippers here. So. Looking at Kawhi Leonard here to go over on his points prop here, Sleepy. I do like the over in this game, like I mentioned. Uh, So I do uh, expect Kawhi Leonard to do majority of the scoring here for the uh, LA Clippers. What are you thinking about our player prop best bet here for tonight?
1: I like it. Um, I mean, he's going to be asked to go ahead and and do a whole hell of a lot without Paul George on the floor. I mean, Kawhi's going to be their number one guy. I honestly like James Harden. When you originally mentioned this pick, I was like, ah man, I'm like, I was thinking about Harden because I was thinking Harden was going to be asked to go ahead and do some scoring. But you know, once you laid out the stats and you were like, here's what Kawhi did against the Lakers, I was like, dude, I didn't think that they, that he was that good against them for this long. It's one of those situations where if a guy is doing his job, don't get in his way. And that's kind of, you know, the way that the, it's been on the podcast, like you're our player prop guy. And I'm, it's not that I can't pick player props either. I mean, you know how good I am, but that's just, it, it, that's your area of expertise. So, why the hell would I want to get in your way? And when you showed me that data, I was like, "Yeah, I can bet Harden on my own." But if we're going to give out a pick, we're going to give out your pick with Kawhi because that it was, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just a much more solid case. You never know what you might get from Harden. He might go out there and try to get 15 assists. You never know. So Kawhi is going to be the guy we're going with for sure.
0: Yeah, and again, like you mentioned, uh, the the point uh, you also made that the shot volume is also going to be there. Or for Kawhi Leonard, like I mentioned, those three, uh, sorry, those four games without Paul George in the lineup he's averaging close to 20 attempts uh, per game. And we know how efficient uh, Kawhi Leonard is from the floor here. Uh, um, He has been throughout his career. So player prop uh, best bet going for four in a row is going to be Kawhi Leonard over 24 and a half points against the L.A. Lakers on Wednesday night. So a little bit of a late night sweat for us uh, in that game between the Lakers and the Clippers. Zippy, that is going to wrap it up, my friend, for this edition of the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Anything else we want to mention, my friend, before we go our separate ways?
1: Good luck, I guess. Hopefully, uh, Wednesday turns out to be to be good for you.
0: Hopefully, we can keep it rolling here. And I know it's a short schedule uh, on Wednesday night, but we'll be back later in this week to continue rolling the NBA uh, content here for you guys as we creep ever so closer. Uh, to the finish line of the regular season before we know it the playoffs are going to be here uh, before we know it Uh, like sleepy mentioned make sure to get over to pregame.com take advantage of the coupon code there that we did give out a lot of great things happening on pregame.com all right we will talk to you guys later this week till then good luck with your bets and we'll talk to you guys down the road